Welcome to Finding My Yum, a sex-positive podcast celebrating all forms of sexual expression. Each week, we bring on a new guest to share their journey. We talk honestly and openly about what they're into and what sex, kinks, love, and more look like in the real world. I'm Jerry Courtney Austin. And I'm Will Luntz. And we are your hosts. And today, we are thrilled to have Jo Heckett here. She is an artist um, of all types. But particularly right now, she is doing a poetry subscription, um, and she reads a couple poems to open and close the episode, which is very exciting. But um, we talk a lot about female empowerment, patriarchy. She connected with us through uh, Zoom, obviously, but in Ireland. So uh, very exciting. across the seas. Yeah, it's super exciting. Um, but to even go along with that, we just wanted to touch on some of the newsworthy uh, stories of this week um, and particularly one of them is the whistleblower who came out about ICE and the atrocities that they are being have allegedly done where they've done hysterectomies on women without uh, their knowledge um, which is removing the uterus and essentially sterilizing um, these women and you know uh, this ties into the episode because I think it's really rooted in in the patriarchy and the policing of women's bodies and it's just absolutely horrific and outrageous so um you know we're gonna post links to news about this so that you can learn more but definitely something to be aware of and something to keep shouting about uh as loud as fucking possible yeah, it's just been one of those, like, I mean, the more that you look into any of this stuff, the more uh, horrific things you uncover. And, and and also, like, you know, some of the commentary I've seen around it was like, it's not been that long since uh, we had other atrocities that were similar to this in the U.S. history. And, you know, it's as as awful as this period is, it's giving us all time to, like, really focus in on some of the other stuff that's that could have probably just been, you know, swept under the rug if you know, people weren't watching. And, and, you know, that's one of the reasons we want to bring it up here is like, you know, I, I've seen the headlines go by, but I haven't dug into it yet. And uh, it should be part of my responsibility to do more of that. So um, if you're out there and you've seen it go by as well, take this as a, a, a signal to learn a little bit about it and figure out what we can do to try and stop uh, <laughs> these terrible practices and atrocities from continuing. Yeah, and I think one of the big things that is becoming more and more clear about the United States is I feel like we think that these things happen elsewhere. Right. That, like, somehow we're this, like, perfect, you know, poster child of democracy and human rights, and obviously that is so unbelievably wrong, and it's becoming clearer and clearer and more transparent every single day how much racism exists how much um you know human rights violations we're doing on a consistent basis and so it's really important i think for all of us to take ownership of that and to understand that we can wield our power by screaming about it by not letting it just go away by talking mm -hmm. about it and by voting uh in november so yeah one of the know. things i wanted to say just because it, it feels particularly relevant is in having come back to my hometown um it's insulated from a lot of what's going on in the world because it's a small town and it's in the midwest slash southern areas and and what i realize is not that it's necessarily insulated but that there's just a an overwhelming 
um, approach of willful ignorance from a lot of people where they're just choosing not to engage with the stuff that is coming through the uh, that they don't that makes them feel uncomfortable. And, um, you know, look, I get it. It makes you feel uncomfortable. You're going to want to shy away from it. But it's our responsibility to not do that and not to be like uh, the people that I'm running into around here. Um, and we all should be trying to engage with this stuff because that's the only way that it gets better. So um, engage. Yeah. And I think, you know, COVID has made us all fucking uncomfortable. And those of us who have enough privilege where we have our basic needs met, you know, it's time to get more uncomfortable, especially us us white privileged people who have the luxury um, of of that privilege. It's it's time to get loud and, and really advocate for for the voices that that need lifting. Um, so. Without further ado, we are going to get into this episode. Um, it's a little bit of a contrast from what we're talking about, but it but it is um, it's another way into spreading this message through art, through joy, through poetry. Um, and and I just love the resonance of her voice and and what she's saying. Like you know, it, it's really beautiful and and it can be just as effective. Um, so please enjoy. Yay! Welcome to Finding My Yum. I'm so excited. Today we have Joe Heckett here uh, from Ireland. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Uh, you are such an amazing artist and I'm going to let you introduce exactly what you do and then also read a poem just to kick off this episode. Thanks so much, Jerry. Yeah, I am a poet and a visual artist. I work in ceramics, painting, I write poetry um, and I am particularly interested in finding the point where the physical and the divine meet. So that's, that's, that's the, the center point for my work is around amazing yes <laughs> i think we're all most you know i think most people are interested in that to a certain degree whether we're conscious of it or not that that point where it's like enlightenment and higher consciousness right <clears throat> so yeah especially now goodness <laughs> so so what i what i really aim for is to actually anchor that divinity in the physical like to help people really embody it to 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 feel that in their body and in their emotions so it's like in their everyday rather than just something that happens when you meditate or when you pray but something that is like you live it that that's that's yeah that's my my aim i love that um awesome and then you're gonna read a short poem for us to start yeah so this poem is called mounds it goes like this immersed In chlorophyll, I bury myself in herbs. My feet are entwined by roots of green. The damp smells of trees and moss colonize my breath. Pollen flutters in my hair. Sap, mud and juice of berries so stain my skin, they're fused forever. My hands dip between deep mountain water and sweet red mud and back again. I'm clothed in bees, clad in scarlet flies and draped in green beetles. Yellow, blue and purple flowers spring from my fingernail. Butterflies settle on my eyelids. Dust of earth eases my lungs. My thoughts, long evaporated, lift to the sky as clouds. 
my song carried from tree to tree by birds focused on their nests. My curves become mounds, half known to those who pass. I love that. That was beautiful. I have to say your accent is also intoxicating. <laughs> it's <laughs> just you. like a nice little addition to it. Um, well, that was amazing. So, and from what I understand, you have a, a poetry subscription that you um, people can ask for individual poems that are written specifically for them, and then you you can send them to to them with an audio so that they have it for themselves on like WhatsApp or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's both. So I, the, the my, my normal subscription service is that I, I write a poem every week, fresh every week. I edit it, I record it. And then you can either have a personal reading every week where I read it directly into your WhatsApp, or you can have the audio recording by WhatsApp or by email. Um, and you can get that through my website, which is, www.joheckett.com slash poetry um so i like i said it's fresh poem every week and um i kind of like to cover topics like i like to get really juicy with the big topics they could be money it could be death it could be it could be anything um they're not all heavy but they're all sure. <laughs> So um, I also do, I, I do personalized ones if people contact me directly and say that they have something specific. So I had someone, I wrote one recently for someone and she wanted, she wanted the strength to follow her dreams. So she wanted something that she could listen to that would help her to connect with that. Um, I love that. And and you have an emphasis. I mean, these are applicable to everybody, but, but there is an emphasis in the divine feminine and bringing forth that strength and empowerment. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because like, I've always been a feminist. And in the last few years, I've, I've really had a big shift in what that means. And I've come to understand fully how our world is shaped around men. Like how it's just not shaped around women and how mm. our power has been ridiculed and made small and, and, and been reframed as silly uh, and how women's things have been reframed as silly and, and how we've, we've internalized that. We've been, we've been colonized ourselves by the patriarchy. And so I really, I really have now in my heart and in my head and in my body that we can actually live in a matriarchy. Like we can yeah. make that happen. But first we have to see around us what the patriarchy actually is. And so like a lot of my poems, my paintings, my sculptures, but most of my art now is about that. It is about re reclaiming, redescribing, re-imagining um, what power is, what women are, what's valuable. Like, for example, emotions, like we, we've all learned that emotions are something to be suppressed, that are silly, they get in the way, they're, they're troublesome, you know, oh, you know, I mean, I'm sure every woman has been told, oh, you're just being emotional now. You're letting your emotions get the better of you. And actually, they're really, really valuable. They're really, oh really God. valuable and, and vital. And um, so I, I use that quite a lot in my work as well. Um, so yeah, everything I do is it's kind of with the aim of, like my, my current collection, I've called it Seeds of the Matriarchy. Mm. Um, 
my current aim is that like I, I want to live in a world where where we're valued and it's shaped around us um yeah yeah I um I took an anthropology class in undergrad and we did a a huge study on uh womb envy and I always thought it was so interesting because you know obviously we give birth to life we have Mm -hmm. our uterus and vehicles that create life and 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 it all starts within our bodies right within uterus having people's bodies and and I think you know peeling back the layers of all the different constrictions and rules and diminishment that has been put on women's bodies, not only with control of how we can use it, how we can be seen, how we can um, show ourselves what we're supposed to dress and speak and, you know, look like, but but also, you know, metaphysically and in our and our brains of how we're supposed to even operate and to diminish this amazing gift that keeps life going and, and how that has been so diminished and made so small is is such a crime. And 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 I think a lot of, um, you know, the, the work that I've done and, and I know other healers and I think you're a part of this, too, of like really embracing you know the vulva and the vagina and the Mm -hmm. uterus and and all of our genitalia and owning those things not as like an inverse of uh you know a penis or male genitalia but like our own intense power and you know where all of our femininity and life force comes from you know that it's like this this really intense powerful thing that we're all we're just holding on to and that is capable of so much. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And, and the more I do this, the more I, the more that becomes like a, a driving force in what I do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I've, I've done quite a lot of paintings that like, well, maybe we'll save that for another interview. But yes, I, uh, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, if, how can I put this? If we're convinced that we can't function on our own and that we're kind of useless and we're silly, then we're easily controlled. If we're separated from our power, we're easily controlled. And if you control women's sexuality, you control life. Yeah. Basically. Oh. And so we need to take back that control and that and that our sexuality is much more complex. Um, and so like I refer quite often to things like um I suppose, which is paganism, you might hear me talk about the earth, like I, I refer back, I talk about the goddess, like I, I believe the earth is alive, I subscribe to the Gaia theory, the Gaia theory. Um, and so I, I, I feel that, I mean, for everybody, not just for women, um, but that when we are connected to that, to that, the life force, the living earth, then we're, we're in our power. And, but yeah. a lot of that is to connect to your pussy, for want of a better word. Yes, and, no, uh, the pussy yeah. is so powerful. Yeah. So, you know, the more you connect to her, the more you connect to it, her, the goddess, the more, the more you know what you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sorry, I'm just like adjusting in my chair. My foot fell asleep. <laughs> um... Uh, yes. Yeah, so, okay. So I'd love to talk about your 
background then and how you came to do the work that you're doing. Um, And particularly, you know, with most of the guests that I bring on, I talk about what their impression of sexuality and sex and their learning of that growing up and their education. And so especially coming from Ireland and then moving to, to London, like I'm curious what what your impression of sex was and and how how you were raised with these concepts thank you so i mean i've got quite an unusual background you mentioned my accent um i was born in ireland and brought up in ireland but my parents weren't irish my mom was english and my dad was european jewish via america so he was a naturalized american citizen um and so i have my accent moves around between different zones depending on who I'm with and where I am but it has a little bit of those different things in there um so Ireland the history of Ireland is very interesting um religion wise and culturally um the the ancient cultures are still quite close to the surface when I grew up, it was very controlled by the Catholic Church. Like there was no separation between church and state when I was growing up. So the laws of the country were made by the Catholic Church, which is a very patriarchal church. Um, right. But underneath that, the old goddess religion still showed. So, for example, people would talk about Mary, mother of God. Now, obviously, if you're really a Christian, you don't believe God had a mother, right? The mother of God came before God. But right. you know, this is the old the old goddess or Bridget. And like a lot of the old stories would be rooted in, in that time. You know, even the, the, the tales of the little people and the fairies are, these are like the elementals of the earth. You know, these are very fundamental parts of any sort of pagan religion. So when I was a child, I, I remember when I first heard of the concept of animism, I was really quite young and probably about seven. And, and it was actually, I can't remember, I must have seen a documentary or about the first peoples of America and, and this idea that everything had a spirit and everything was alive, the trees, the stones, the water. And I just, it was like, yeah, of course. Of course sure. it's that, right? Of course everything yeah. is alive. And so that just stayed with me really. My dad's family had been Jewish, but it was hidden. You know, and they, they'd escaped Europe to go to the States. And my mom's oh, family were Church of England. And she did go to church, but she sort of lapsed. And so we were probably little heathens, I think. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I had a very interesting perspective in the world. Like I have quite an interest. I have a foot in two camps in all different ways, which allows me to sort of be an observer. Um so and as far as uh, because uh, you know the the catholic church is very mm-hmm. focused on abstinence particularly within this country christian ideology is very focused mm-hmm. on abstinence based education you know sexuality is seldom talked about sex is meant for the bed of married people in a union that is legally bound um and for procreation largely right there's not much discussion of any other kind of uh you know sexual encounters or exploration or or anything like that and so is that similar to the environment that you grew up in or or were you getting well, multiple me, devil inputs let me tell you contraception was illegal divorce was illegal and um yeah 
and uh, abortion was illegal. Abortion was legalized. Wait, contraception of all, all kinds any type? Contraception was illegal. Wow. Divorce was illegal. Um, and abortion was illegal until, I mean, divorce was and, and contraception were legalized quite some time ago, but abortion very recently. I think last year they had the referendum. And that was only in, under certain uh, criteria. So right. it, was, it was a very conservative country. Um, but my parents weren't, they were, I guess, quite bohemian. I don't know if bohemian is the right word, but, you know. A little more liberal. They were unusual. My father was very liberal. Um, and I was lucky to grow up, come of age during the punk era. So, you know, my, my friends and I were, we, I suppose we were at the cutting edge of change, really. My generation would be at the the forefront of change. Like Ireland now is socially quite a liberal country. You know, they were one of the first countries in Europe to legalize gay marriage. You know, um, oh, they wow. recently, like I said, voted in a referendum to legalize abortion and so on there. It's a very interesting country. Like it's, um, it's a neutral country, so they won't get involved in any wars. They don't have nuclear power or nuclear weapons. They, oh, they wow. don't go and fight wars. Like it's a policy, it's a neutral country. So it's, an in, it's a definitely, it's a very, very interesting country but it was ruled by the church literally and metaphorically until pretty much my generation like i'm in my mid 50s so the people born in the 60s and 70s would have been at the forefront of of wanting change and although there was a matriarchal element definitely it, you know women were expected to be strong to hold the family together to carry everything you know to just kind of do it and all. not really to ask for anything. Aha. Uh -huh. You know, to, okay. not really to. You know. But I say that, but other people might disagree with me because like I said, I did not sure. grow up in a typical Irish family. But yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'm I'm mostly just curious about about your experience and and especially what you took away. So now is Ireland separated from the yeah. church? Then okay, so it's now a know, secular I, country, yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, so is theoretically the United States, but good Lord, you would never know it. Um, but I do think it's interesting, this idea of Catholic Church. I do associate strong patriarchy with it. Obviously, women have a very specific role within the church itself and then also within society at large. But also that it's a neutral country that doesn't go and fight wars, you know, because I think the United States... And pardon my crass, but like we like to swing our dick around, yeah. right? Like we like to colonize, we like to impose our our force, we like to say that we're the best country with the best democracy, mm -hmm. and everybody needs to follow in our footsteps. And that is a huge, uh, I, I would say, male energy. Mm -hmm. You know, um, not that women can, aren't capable of that either, but it, it, you know, it's obviously been dominated by men, and so I think that's an interesting juxtaposition for, for for what you kind of describe. Yeah, and I mean, Ireland was a colonized country. You see, it was colonized right. by the UK, so that there's a very long history there. It was colonized sure. by yes. England, I should say specifically, but the UK really generally um, for a long time. I mean, Ireland only got its freedom in the 20th century. I think it was 1936. Right, is... My friends are killing me for not remembering the exact date. I think it was 1936 it became a, a republic. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's in a 
it's in a different position to most of the European countries. And it's very interesting to me because in America, Irish people have a certain standing, but in Europe, they, they've had a very different standing. Hmm. So they were really the downtrodden poor of Europe. Oh, like very, like the potato famine, like totally yeah. destroyed the country, totally right. destroyed the country. The population has, I, I believe, or certainly when I left, the population had not recovered since the famine. So even in like the 1990s or whatever, it was still lower and probably is even now. So it's really only the being part of the European Union really changed Ireland's identity. Um, mm. It's it's a very, very interesting, it's a very interesting country. It's got a very strong old oral tradition. People tend to be very educated, very articulate. Um, they like to debate, they like to talk about stuff. Um, it's, it's a very, it's still a very oral culture. People really like to talk, sing, make music. You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting, really interesting culture. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like it. I, someday when we're not banned from everywhere and hopefully the pandemic has, has subsided, uh, I would love to go there. <laughs> um, okay, so then moving forward, you go to London. And so then, so... I know that you you studied, um, you know, applied arts, and then you have a master's in therape therapeutic body work. Um, were you incorporating this divine femininity into that? Was that present? Was this liberation of of women and sexuality and and harnessing the matriarchy? Was that something that's been present, you know, since you were young, or is that something that you were cultivating as you were? growing and learning yeah it's a very interesting question but I was always a feminist since I was aware enough like since I was in my early teens and I I was always interested in that in the equality the sexual equality work equality and so on and so on and I in terms of my work I didn't really specifically start to focus on that until I was in the last year of my degree so I moved to London really young I moved when I was 18 and um, I had, did lots of different things. I was DJ for a while, uh, I think murals, <laughs> nice. yeah, all kinds of stuff. I was, yeah, and that, that's a whole other story as well. But, um, and then I went back to art college. So I started art college before I left Ireland, but I didn't finish at that point. I went, I kind of dropped out. And um, so then I went back to art college and I did many years actually at that point. And I, and, the last year of my degree, I, um, I started working really with, I suppose now I would call it Tantra. I'd had, I hadn't defined it as that, but it, my work was really focused around two different things. One was um, communication with the ancestors. That's one, one of the things I was really interested from. Like I've been really interested in Neolithic people, like the very earliest people very okay. earnest homo, homo, sapiens, homo sapiens and also neanderthals like i have a real fascination with them that was one of the things and then the other thing was about this moment of um this moment of i suppose conception or or when a being comes from non-being to being and so that's around that is tantra right it's the you know the feminine the masculine what happens when they come together what so Actually, my degree show work was was around that topic. And that's when I started to really get interested in, in this stuff. Um, and I also had a huge fascination with like the um, stone monuments. 
So I wrote my first, my dissertation for that degree on stone monuments and some of the meaning of those. Um, and then I trained as a massage therapist and healer and I actually worked in that area after my degree for quite a while. Uh, and then after I had children, I went back to art. But for a long time I did more, um, it was more like a kind of design business. It was more business mm -hmm. art. So it was still art, but it wasn't fine art. And then about four or five years ago, I, I just thought, you know, I sort of want to be like an artist rather than a craft yeah. person. And so I really swerved back to that. And I started with ceramic sculptures. That's mostly what's on my website. Mm -hmm. But I also, since then, have developed a painting practice and poetry practice and uh, installations and just kind of everything, really. No, no holds barred. So I'd like to go back to this, um, the Tantra and the idea of communicating with, with ancestors. So the way you're speaking about Tantra is different than my understanding of, of what it is. Um, and so I'd, I'd love to hear maybe what a more traditional or a, like how it's presented in a larger format and then perhaps like what you're specifically talking about because i it sounds fascinating but it doesn't it's not ringing it's not bringing a connection with, so, with what i'm so familiar with i'm not trained in tantra i'm not a tantrika i'm not trained i'm not a yogi although i do practice yoga one of my sisters is um and from what i like from what i understand it's a way of describing the sexual energy the the masculine or feminine sacred sexual energy so I'm and an it involves breath and and movement and connection right yeah sometimes it's just but it's it's the energy so okay the the body will express that there's i mean like i'm sure there's lots of tan tantricas or tan tantric uh, practitioners that watch this and can you know correct me um but from what i understand it's the ways of working with that energy okay. through the body so, that and, so you're, <clears throat> and then you got really excited about that light that moment when mm. something becomes life when mm. an egg and a sperm meet and and it creates this spark that then eventually moves yeah. into a life force being so so Although I, I practice as a healer and I've done a lot, a lot of meditation, I am, um, sorry, I, I'm not totally privately, I am, um, I bring that, so, okay, so let me take it back. I don't work as a healer anymore, but I, the meditation is still part of my practice. So I do quite a lot of, um, a lot of what I do is, is say, communicate. I sound like a crazy woman is communicating with yeah. the natural spirits and so on and so on the ancestors and i um but rather than practicing it through through necessarily breathing or yogic positions or with a partner it's through my art gotcha. so it's through what i make or okay. it's through what i paint or it's through what i write so what i'm doing when i'm doing those things is i'm I'm like, to me, how I describe it is I'm kind of putting my hand into the void where things live before they're physical and I'm taking something out and I'm giving it a shape that other, I'm giving it a body or a shape that other people can then see. 
Oh, I see. Oh, okay, okay. It's yeah, you're almost like a liaison. So yeah. it, I, I understand. I, so I, I don't think you're crazy at all. I did a constellation workshop, mm-hmm. which specifically deals with ancestral trauma um, and ancestral healing and bringing people together in these different positions that basically channels um, and allows the people in the constellation to be a conduit Mm -hmm. for um, reckoning with you know people currently in your life with past trauma with with healing that sort of thing Um, and and my friend is um, doing a short that I'm producing that is all about a abortion and of the depression era and how epigenetics really impacts how we live today and and our bodies and you know ancestral trauma lives within us whether we are aware of it or not and can often guide us a lot and 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 insidiously you know work against the actions that necessarily we want to do but guide us in this other direction that we're not conscious of so I, I, yeah I think that that's wonderful and so so now it's are you still channeling that into your poetry and the yeah. painting and the sculptures that you do yeah yeah so I yeah in a nutshell yes um yeah and I, I'm I'm like I was saying earlier on I'm really interested in where things where where they overlap so where you're how you embody your divinity how you feel that in your body how you bring the thing that's there that you can't see into this actual world how you like like the thing about dna dna is what you met which you mentioned and the ancestors is yeah. that i find incredibly fascinating like they're saying now that information is literally passed through dna of what's dangerous, where to find food. Like these things are encoded in DNA. Like Mm -hmm. it's so, which means that DNA is like a communication from your ancestors that is not bound by time, by the rules of time, which is something that like is kind of mind blowing. And I know I'm getting very philosophical here, but hey, I'm an artist. No, it's it's so true. Epigenetics is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the kind of thing I spend a lot of time thinking about these things, meditating on these things and, and, Basically, my job is to spend my time getting work, trying to find the ways to bring these concepts into a form that you can feel and you can see and you can hear. And it means something in that moment. So you don't have to spend all your time meditating on what is DNA, right? Because I'm going to do it for you and then I'm going to put it in a poem and you're going to get all the feels when you listen to the poem. And that's, you know, that's kind of my job, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love that. Um, and so, you know, as you're working towards incorporating this divinity into the physical form, do you have, are there enlightenments that you can share today that, you know, are things that you've discovered or are things that you suggest or like little, little tastes that we can start incorporating into our daily lives? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, pleasure is really, really important. Mm. That That's like, you know, follow what feels good. That's the first thing. Um, be kind to your body. Like, listen to your body. Your body's really wise. Um, my opinion, your body's much wiser than your mind. Your mind is a really, it's a very 
clever tool. It's an incredible tool, but it has a it has quite a small remit, and that's to work out problems. Right. right. So it's great at that. Give it a problem, it'll work it out. But most of life isn't a problem that can be worked out. So the body and the emotions know a lot more than that mind does. So anything that brings you into your body and gives you more awareness of it, it's gonna like, it's gonna multiply the benefits in your life. That, that to me, that's the number one thing. And the same with emotions, you know, mm. to, to, to like I have a saying for myself, the bigger the trigger, the bigger the treasure. Like that every, if an emotion keeps coming back, whatever it is, say you're angry about something, it keeps coming back. That's because there's something buried in there that you want yourself to know about. And it's gonna keep coming back until you dig out the treasure. And then it just dissipates. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the kind of thing you were. Yeah, no, it is. You know, I, I have a, a an acting teacher who's a friend who actually came on the podcast as well. But this is a big part of her teaching, too, of of, you know, and even um, I did the artist way during mm. quarantine. That was like a, you know, a spiritual journey to get rid of blocks and, and rediscover your artistic uh, endeavors and such. But you know, this, this feeling that, you know, we can, we can ground and, and once we, we get into these triggers and we pay attention to them and we allow our emotions to flow through us, they don't have to define us, right? Like they, we don't have to be the angry person or the sad person or the weepy person or the happy person. Like we can experience the full spectrum and, and then take information, you know, that, it, that, that they're really informational tools to be like, oh, I'm being triggered by this other person. What is that pulling up in me that like I'm uncomfortable with or I don't want to step into that space because of my own baggage and trauma or whatever? You know, like what is, what is that information? What is that map and gift that it's giving? And, and, and also when you reframe gosh, specifically in, in, in today's day, right, of like we're being triggered all the time and everybody's just reactive. We're just like reacting. But like taking a second to breathe it in and then and then move from a place of purpose as opposed to hurting somebody else or attacking somebody else or, you know, blaming somebody else for something, right? It's like we can take personal responsibility and then move forward in a way that, is spiritually aligned and 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 helps elevate the people around us right and and the thing is that as women we have been told to not listen to our emotions particularly fear right we've been told you know to to block it and just be polite right whatever happens be nice be polite and we do it all the time without even thinking about it and and the problem with that is that these emotions are they're there for us not for other people they're there for us and so when you become numb to your fear for example you don't know when actually i feel like this in this situation because this is not a good situation for me to be in i need to mm. listen to that hear it and leave if that's what i feel right? right or or whatever it is oh this feels really good to me this is a good place for me to be you know my body likes being here right that's important. And, and when, we, when we lose that ability, we don't know what we want. We don't know what we want to do. We don't know. It's like we become, we get caught in these things that I don't know, should I do this? Should I do that? I'm meant to be here. Do I want to be with this guy? Do I not want to be with this guy? But when we actually listen, 
we don't have to doubt ourselves because actually it's pretty, I was about to swear, it's pretty clear. Oh, you can fucking okay. swear. It's pretty fucking clear, <laughs> right? Yeah. This yeah. guy is here, you can feel. If you meet someone, if you're dating someone, if they're there for you, you can feel that in your body. Yeah. If they're dicking you around, you can feel that. You don't have, if you find yourself thinking, does he like me? Doesn't he like me? You shouldn't have to think that because you know if someone really likes you. Yeah. But we, we, we've, we've been separated from that. Right? And life and becomes we've... simpler and easier when we have that, fe- that body feeling. Yeah. And I think women in, as a whole have been gaslit forever right like we're we're told that if we feel uncomfortable if we don't want to be touched if we if we feel violated like we shouldn't trust what we're feeling because this is natural and okay and and you're supposed to allow these types of interactions and and oh you're you know you're you're just out of control and you know hysteria in terms of like even how the female orgasm was was identified as a a, as a thing right and so I think gosh it's you know I I appreciate your work so much and and this conversation because I think the more that we talk about it and the more that we talk about peeling away these layers and simplifying and really being able to trust and, and get that that meter back that 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 ability to to distinguish what feels good and what doesn't feel good and that that's okay right that it's okay to follow those instincts and to follow your body which is a whole other component of it you know the more powerful we are as a as people and as women and 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 as a force for other women to awaken essentially yeah, exactly and men it's not just women of course not yeah, just yeah, yeah. Women that are that are suppressed by the patriarchy i mean right what's happened is because the feminine has been so denigrated right so this is the core of my thing the feminine has been denigrated this has allowed us to treat the planet how we've treated the planet. like if we if we truly appreciated the feminine we couldn't we couldn't have the level of consumerism and and the, we couldn't treat nature and the planet how we've treated so the two are very closely linked because the feminist is so denigrated not only are women made to feel silly but the worst possible thing you could say to a man is that they're feminine right it's okay to tell a woman that they're masculine because it's a good thing but if you tell a guy that they're feminine and feminine traits are seen as so unbearable in a man that they're, they're completely squashed it's really, really difficult for men. And so it's, um, it's not just women that, like when I talk about the matriarchy, I'm not just talking about women being able to be freer. I'm talking about men being able to be freer as well. Uh, yeah, I know. I appreciate you saying that. And I think, absolutely. I think we're all hindered and the planet is dying because of this toxic ideal. And, and you know, it really comes to toxic masculinity as well that inhibits men not only from suppressing that feminine like whether we want to identify that as like a binary thing but that the idea that they can't access their emotions or be vulnerable um or you know like they have to have this rough exterior uh, if they're like a cis heteronormative presenting sort of male right um 
Yeah, so I think, you know, and I think what's even interesting about that and ties into our current climate is like Black Lives Matter, all of the movements right now that are about uplifting the, you know, black indigenous people of color, people poor, you know, who who have been marginalized forever is like when we uplift those people, we uplift everybody. It's not about diminishing anybody else. It is about uplifting everybody to a higher state, to a higher form of equality and just being for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people miss a lot. Like they're very confused, (laughs) you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, you're wonderful. This has been amazing. I would love to end with uh, another poem. And then if you want to, we'll put your website in the uh, show notes so people can contact you. Um, But yeah, I'd love to end with another poem. So the poem I'm going to read now is, um, I'll just give you a little background. It's about the, I suppose, a feminine uh, attitude to money or way of making money. It's about magic. It's about witchery. Um, It's called Juno Mineta. And she was a Roman goddess who they minted money in her temple. She minted money in her temple. And there's one phrase in here which talks about the power of logos, which is quite... um, it's not a very well-known phrase and it means logos, it means the ability to bring things into life by speaking them in words. Mm. So it's, it's yeah. the base of where, you know, a spell or an incantation or so on comes from. So oh, awesome. I'm going to read Juno Mineta. Coins tumble from my lips as pleasure speaks. A golden dragon uncurls in my belly. I feel her fire. Draw me down, she says, give me voice. I weave worlds with my words. Ice crystals hang in the air, diamond dust, the power of Logos. I speak, my dreams of God filled with her snakes. I enchant, I incant, I spell, I've been burned for less. Coins tumble from my lips, pearls spill from my throat. Where's the harm? I have no weapon, no war, no fight. Coins tumble from my lips, rubies, sapphires called by my tongue. My song brings life, recreates all things. Coins tumble from my lips, pray that I speak your name. That was so wonderful. It was a what a good send off. I think we could all use a little a little money and pleasure energy <laughs> for our day. <laughs> well, you've been absolutely wonderful. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for connecting across the oceans. Um, and and yeah, I I'm excited to to hear more of your poetry and and to share to share it with so many more people. Thank you so much, Jerry. It's been a total pleasure. Thank you. Yay. Woohoo. Oh, woohoo. Boy, oh boy. Woohoo. Boy, oh boy. Woohoo. Uh, that was so awesome and such a different change of pace for our episodes. Like, it's so cool. 
I love poetry. Yeah, when you told me about this interview, I was like, that sounds so cool. I'm so excited for it. Yeah, it's just so different. And and, um, yeah, it just just switches things up, you know? I love it too because there's so many ways into this topic, right, of like sex and love and empowerment, whether it's through the binary or of all people and and you know talking about systematic structures that impact us all like there's so many different inlets and so many different people who have opinions and are 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 working in different capacities within this within this field and it 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 feels really cool (laughs) yeah it definitely feels like when we first kind of started it was like oh there's really only like so much you can talk about when i know we're like like, oh wait there's limited topic Uh, right (laughs) like oh wow everyone has a different experience yeah yeah very cool to get someone so false yeah it's very (laughs) it's so cool to talk to her thank you so much joe for coming on please subscribe to her poems um yeah her weekly poems that are original and sent with her voice into your inbox or whatsapp uh, as usual please follow us on finding my yum podcast on both instagram and facebook uh we are posting a bunch of different stuff uh if you're interested in what we talked about in the intro about the ice atrocities uh we have information there um we're you know actively engaging in conversations so please hit us up follow us chat we would love to hear from you you can email us at findingmyyum at gmail.com um don't forget to rate review and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts and uh pick your favorite one and send it to a friend in fact send it to how many friends this time jerry let's go with a smaller number to really really engage with each person and that's gonna be 41 41 41 that's a good number of uh, friends to send it with so um thank you i also think that's a prime number which sounds nice too okay i was thinking it was one off of 42 which is the secret of the universe from hitchhiker's guide yeah hitchhiker's guide of the galaxy yeah okay well so then you can oscillate between you want a prime number or if you want um the secret to the universe both sound (laughs) delightful or do both (laughs) why not correct you have to go through 41 to get to 42 so it's really a win-win for all of us (laughs) all right we're off the rails now Alrighty, uh, we'll see you next week uh, for a new exciting episode. Stay yummy, stay healthy, stay informed. We'll see you then.